This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Today's program, Elliot Friedman stops by. In a couple of minutes, a lot of... um, Well, by the way, welcome to the regular season. Three games on the go, nicely staggered, by the way. Uh, today, kicking off at 5.30 Eastern with the Nashville Predators facing off against the Vasilevsky-less Tampa Bay Lightning. No goalies claimed on waivers. That was interesting over the past couple of days. So we'll look forward to that at 5.30 Eastern coming up later on tonight. We also have the Chicago Blackhawks facing off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Not sure what the storylines there could be. And then there's a banner raising. The Vegas Golden Knights raise it against the Seattle Kraken. And this is a big show. Glad to have you aboard today. Kevin Adams is going to stop by. General manager of the Buffalo Sabres. uh, Most recently putting pen to paper and signing Rasmus Dahlin to a checks notes. $88 million contract. (laughs) Eight times 11, folks, for Rasmus Dahlin. And it was interesting getting there as well. We'll get into this with Elliot because there was some suspicion about how Dahlin may may have ended up structuring his deal initially and then instead said, how do I look at $88 million and say, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go for a different structure. Not unlike what I suppose Troy Terry did and looked at his number and said, how do I say no to, no to $49 million? How do I say no to that and then go back and tell my family that I said no to that? So we'll get into that with Kevin Adams. We'll get into that with Elliot Friedman here in a couple of moments as well. There's a lot to get to uh, with Freege today, and we'll we'll kick it off by starting about the two signings with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, identical contracts for Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck. So just when you thought, and we've thought this for a couple of summers now too, just when you thought the Winnipeg Jets were going to pack it in, fold the tent, throw in the towel, all of it, rebuild, you know, start from uh, the bottom, start from drafting and developing, and let's do this all over again, uh, they re-signed Connor Hellebuck and they re-signed Mark Shifley. Um, so the Dallin news is big. The season opening is big. The, uh, the Winnipeg Jets signing is big. Uh, we're going to get to the pride tape issue as well uh, with Elliot in a couple of moments. Mitch Marner is going to drop by in an hour or two. And speaking of the, the pride tape issue, you'll recall in a game against Columbus at Nationwide during their pride night, both him and John Tavares did wear and did use rather the pride tape. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the uh, with the issue, um, the NHL sending out a memo saying there will be no pride tape used in warm-up. Is that enforceable? We're not sure. Will the Players Association comment? I would think that they would have to at a certain point here. Like, we're 24 hours old here, getting to 48 hours in a day. I would imagine the Players Association would have something to say about this. Um, we'll wonder and see if we get that at some point today. Also, Brian Engblom will talk to us about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, no Vasilevsky and you know contract saga with uh, Steven Stamkos. Uh, the new look Bolts. Uh, going to action tonight, or this afternoon rather, at Amelie Arena against the Nashville Predators. Uh, now here with the latest from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts, he is Elliot Friedman, and he kicks off the program once again. Hello, Fridge. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Let's. Uh, there's a, before we get to the games tonight, and there are there are three beauties. Uh, I want to get to a couple of signings. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. I want to get to Rasmus Dahlin here. Kevin Adams is coming up in hour two. But 
the Winnipeg Jets signings. Now, you had mentioned on the podcast, on the blog, you know, don't be so quick to assume that the Winnipeg Jets, you know, might be getting rid of Connor Hellebuck. Maybe Connor Hellebuck is, is warm to staying, but we'll see about Mark Shifley. Did those two signings, identical contracts, by the way, 8.5 is the AAV on both of them, both seven-year term, did they catch you off guard at all? The Hellebuck one did not. The uh, the Shifley one did. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing about Hellebuck is, I you know, I think we talked about it on one of our first podcasts, Jeff, but the feeling was that when Hellebuck got down to Winnipeg, got back to Winnipeg, uh, yeah. he uh, had indicated he, he felt a lot better about things and he was leaning towards staying if they could agree on a contract. I will say this. I was surprised on the timing. I didn't see the timing coming. Um, I think I was uh, deliberately fed, fed some bad intelligence, but, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that I, I wasn't surprised at all about Hellebuck. I, I, I knew that was trending in that direction. I was surprised about Shifley. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, you know, some of the things I can say, I, I think that I've kind of found out and they haven't spoke yet, is the Shifley one came together really quick. Um, you know, I think that Hellebuck, uh, they'd started negotiating with Hellebuck a couple of weeks ago, um, actually probably around the beginning of September. They started to get really serious. They, they saw they were making progress. And I, I think what happened was, you know, and I think Hellebuck, Look, I think at the end of the day, Hellebach wants to win and Shifley wants to win. And when Hellebach was getting close to signing, I think one of the things that happened was he wondered about Shifley. Look, the Winnipeg Jets, Shifley's a 40-goal scorer. He's a, he's yeah. a top-line center. And, and one of the things that was, I was really thinking about as well it, it, about Shifley's future is if he didn't sign or if he was traded – you know, how were they going to replace him? And I think, I think Hellebuck kind of asked about that. And then once it became pretty clear, I think it was about 10 days ago, they started going to Shifley and they said, okay, uh, we're going to be able to keep Hellebuck here. What do you think? And I think they made obviously the big offer. And I heard the Shifley thing came together really quickly. So I was more surprised on the timing of Shifley but I think, from what I understand, it was a very recent phenomenon. Like the negotiations really didn't start until seven to ten days ago. So sticking with Shifley here, there were two teams that I thought of initially when I saw the news. One, the Boston Bruins. The other, the Calgary Flames. Boston, yep. uh, as we all know, with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci both retiring, uh, they have a need for a first-line center. Um, and Calgary because of Elias Lindholm. And if Mark Shifley is at that number... What is Elias Lindholm's number then? Do you have a thought on, you know, this, the, the, the cascading effect? We talk about it with every signing, with every trade, whatever. What's a cascading effect here now that Shifley is locked up long-term with the Jets? Uh, it's a really good question. Uh, I think that, you know, Boston, uh, I, I do think, you know, we even talked about it on the podcast before the signings came down, that Boston is going to be tied into every center rumor uh, in the yeah. league until they go out and get someone. And Shifley certainly takes one of the chess pieces uh, off the board. Um, the, you know, Lindholm, like I think Lindholm, I thought last year that Lindholm was looking for A5, which is now Shifley's number and was initially yeah. uh, Horvat's number. 
I think I think right now that's it's higher than that. I think it's in the the nine range, and um, you know maybe this maybe I wouldn't be surprised if Calgary goes back to Lynn Holm and says, "What do you think of this deal or something like this?" But from what I understand, I think Lynn Holm's looking in the nine range. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the um, – I always look at free agent class when it's a player like Hellebuck getting signed or a player like Shifley getting signed. And a quick glance at, you know, centers that are poised to become UFAs. And to your point, now you take Mark Shifley off that list. There's Elias Pettersson in Vancouver. We just mentioned Elias Lindholm. There's William Nylander, if you consider him a center, and Chandler Stevenson. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Before this goes off the rails, Pedersen's yeah. a restricted free agent, right? He's not. Okay, I, I should. He's not. Agent. He's not an unrestricted free agent. Look, we'll, we set we'll off throw that enough in. of a One. fire alarm yesterday, and and, and <laughs> let me just say something about all of that. Um, look, I don't think it's a big deal. I think Pedersen yep. and the Canucks are both are both prepared to wait and see how this year goes, and. You know, Pedersen has made it very clear. He wants to see if they're capable of winning or they go in the right direction. And I think the Canucks have to be prepared for what happens if it doesn't work and Mm -hmm. if the season is tough. And I think that's what this is all about. I think the Canucks are going to have a good year. I think they'll be improved. Um, You know, I'm stubborn, Jeff. I'm picking Demko to win the the Vesna again. Yes, to make up for last year's prediction where it obviously didn't work. But um, look, I, I just think that if you're the Vancouver Canucks, you want to sign Pedersen, but you have to be prepared for the possibility that if he decides he doesn't want to do long-term, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's simply life. I know it took on a bit of a life of its own yesterday, but I just wanted to say that. The the other center I was going to throw into that mix was Steven Stamkos. Going to get to him with Brian Engelbaum at the bottom of the hour. But as far as goaltenders, yep. and, and here's what I'm curious about with Connor Hellebuck and, and how much of a how much of a comment is this on the goalie market itself? When you look at goalies that are wriggling free, uh, whether it's Ilya Samsonov or Marc-Andre Fleury, there are some restricteds, uh, as you point out quickly with, with Pedersen. In the goalie market, that would be Carter Hartz. Um, that would be Jeremy Swayman as well. But how much is you know Connor Hellebuck signing at $8.5 million times seven? A comment on the goalie market. What I'm getting at is, was this the only place you think he was going to be able to get that number? I think at this point in time, yes. Um, you know, I, I think Hellebach and his, and his representatives, they scoured the market and they looked around and, and they kind of saw where things were. Look, it, it, like, it's a copycat league, right? Yeah. Like two years ago in the Stanley Cup final, there was Vasilevsky making nine and a half or whatever he makes and there was Trice making ten and a half. Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks you... You need the stud goalie. Well, then, what happens in 2021? Colorado wins it with Darcy Kemper. And last year, uh, Vegas wins it, starts the playoff with Laurent Brossois, and finishes it with Aiden Hill. And now, so everybody talks about, well, you don't need a high-paid goalie. This thing kind of goes in cycles. You, you yeah. say you, don't, you can win without a high-paid goalie until you absolutely need a high-paid goalie. Um, yeah. So I think right now, yeah, Hellebuck ran into that a little bit. You know, I think the other thing this says, too, is about the Jets. You know, people say 
Um, you know, uh, like I think I think the Jets deserve a lot of credit here because you know Winnipeg takes a lot of crap. Um, you know, people say, "Why would anybody want to play there?" Um, you know, things like that. You know, this is the second time since they came back to the NHL that Winnipeg has been able to re-sign really good players ahead of UFA. And you know, first it was the the Wheeler Bufflin group. And now it's Shifley Hellebuck. So that's a big benefit for them. I know people say maybe they should rebuild. Uh, you know, I, I think I think in places like Winnipeg, it can be hard to do that in terms of selling your tickets and things like that. So the Jets have decided these are the business pre- pressures you face. And I'll tell you something else. Hellebuck and Shifley aren't staying if it's a rebuild. They want to win. Yeah. Um, to the other big signing over the past couple of days here, and that's Rasmus Stalin of the Buffalo Sabres. Eight-year contract, $88 million, $11 million is the AAV. He now becomes the second highest or tied for second highest uh, compensated defenseman by way of, uh, of AAV after Eric Carlson of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, you know, you and I had a conversation about... Uh, about Deline on on one of our most recent podcasts about structure and structure yep. of deals, and I think we're all wondering: Are there going to be more young players that follow the Austin Matthews route, uh, the three year entry level, the uh, the five year followed by the four year? Give yourself a chance to ring the bell a couple of different times in your prime. What did you make of the Deline? I don't want to just say the signing. I, I'm curious what you think about you know the the actual deal itself, but how it got to this point, how it didn't get done until October, because all summer long, there was nothing but rumors about the Deline deal. Well, I, first of all, I don't think there was ever a doubt that Deline was going to stay in Buffalo. I, I, like, Of course. There, I don't think there was ever a point where he was like, uh, I don't want to be here. So that's the most important thing. And I think the team, right from the beginning, made it very clear that they were going to sign uh, Deline and he was going to stay a saber. So the want was there on both sides. I do believe, Jeff, that at one point it was suggested that Dolly might go for like five years, that he might sign like a five-year extension as opposed to an eight-year extension. Now, I don't think that's what Buffalo wanted, um, um, but I think they tried to – like I just heard that the, the two sides – never really could agree on a shorter term, uh, particularly because it was Buffalo's goal to lock him up for the max. And I just think at the end of the day, Darlene said, let's get this done, and Buffalo came with the $11 million a year offer. Like, I don't think there was ever any doubt that he was going to sign there. I do think that there was a question about term. And uh, ultimately, I think it was Darlene's decision to say, you know what, let's get this done at the max. And look, like I think that contract is going to age extremely well. Um, I think it's going to age very well. And I think he's going to win at least a Norris Trophy. And when you have a cornerstone player, you lock them up for as long as you can because the price is never going down. Uh, how great does the Quinn Hughes deal look now? Like, if you look around the landscape, all of a sudden, uh, a lot of other deals look real good. Um, I'll ask Kevin Adams more about that coming up in, in hour two of the program. But, you know, Buffalo is one of the teams that are right now 
still carrying three goaltenders. I want to ask you about this phenomenon because I think a lot of teams are, and probably legitimately as well, scared of what Tampa might do here, and that is claim one of their goaltenders that they that they try to waive. Uh, Buffalo's carrying three, Detroit, uh, Los Angeles, Montreal, and Philadelphia as well. Do you have a thought on the phenom, right, the phenomenon right now of carrying three goalies? The Maple Leafs uh, were able to to slide Martin Jones uh, through waivers, although I'm sure there was some some sweating along the way. Your thoughts on teams carrying three goalies to start the season here? I don't believe for a second that anybody wants to do it. I think they do it because they're a little bit afraid because of things you mentioned. Uh, it has been hinted to me, and we'll see because things can always change that there may be more goaltender waiver activity today. So we'll see where that goes. Like, I mean, Tampa didn't claim anybody yesterday. We were wondering yep. about Jones. And honestly, I was wondering about Malcolm Subban uh, because, uh, you know, they he beat their yeah. American Hockey League team in the playoffs last year, and Subban is an excellent pro. So I thought he might be a, a perfect fit for what uh, the Lightning were looking for. But So we'll see what happens today. Um uh, you know, Tampa, the other thing, too, is Tampa came to within $2 of the salary cap, right? And at 5 p.m., um, when you set your roster at 5 p.m. Eastern on Monday, you have to hold it 24 hours. Like, that's why Noah Gregor hasn't signed yet. I, I think yeah. Noah Gregor is going to sign tonight uh, after 5 o'clock Eastern. One year, 775, I think, is the minimum now. I think the same thing could happen with a guy like Danton Heinen in Boston. Um, you know, one, uh, you got to wait 24 hours after the roster freeze. So now Tampa's done their salary cap machinations, and now they can maybe be able to decide what they're going to do with the goaltending. And I also think, like I said, that it's possible there might be more goalies on uh, waivers uh, today and tomorrow. We'll see what happens. We'll uh, we'll stay tuned for two o'clock Eastern. Um, the Calgary Flames claim AJ Greer uh, off yeah. waivers from the Boston from the Boston Bruins. Am, am I looking at this like I look at things very naively and simply? You know me, Elliot. I'm a very very simple person, and I look at it like this: uh, AJ Greer lost his job to Milan Lucic and then went to Calgary and took Milan Lucic's old spot. Is that yeah, too simple nice. a way to look at this? Is that too easy, or is that what happened? Uh, I. I think that's a lot of what happened, actually. Uh, it was funny, you know, you put out the, the, the waiver news and you always, you know, wonder, you know, kind of, you kind of check some of the replies. And, you know, the Bruins fans were not happy. There were a lot of those long no's. They did not like. <laughs> the only thing I didn't like about it, just unfortunately for him, is there was someone who sent me a DM saying that Bruce's uh, wife is pregnant. That's a tough, that's tough. Like, that's. That, that's uh, you know I, I hate to see that and if, that, if that's actually the case, but it's 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 good for Greer because he's going to play there, and you know he's a you know he's a solid solid player, and uh, I just hope it uh, works out for him. But I think it's a great comment, Jeff. It perfectly fits. Okay, I got one right. My my simple brain figured one out. Mm-hmm. Um, anything anything on waivers and maybe the obvious answer is is Lassie Thompson, although I found the Ivan Prosvetov uh, claim by Colorado to be interesting because Prosvetov in Arizona is kind of considered one of the goalies of the future uh, there for the Coyotes, but nonetheless, he's now a member of the, uh, a member of the Avalanche. Um, is Lassie Thompson the big story last 24 hours from waivers for you? Uh, probably yes. Um, I really wondered if Anaheim thought they could sneak them through. 
Um, you know, it worked for Vegas. Uh, they were yep. able to sneak Denisenko through, so now they can put him in the American Hockey League. Uh, I'm a little surprised that nobody else put in a claim for Thompson, but that was like it was it was a definite it was a good gamble by the Ducks because what you're doing is you're doing it right as people have to set their rosters. So you're thinking of any any time you can sneak a guy through, it's there, right? So yep. I thought it was a good gamble uh, by them, but you know uh, he's now in the American Hockey League. Ottawa might have a few. Uh, like Ottawa and Edmonton are the two teams that look like they might start short. You know, Edmonton's got a cap situation because the injury to the one defenseman. And now Ottawa said today if Zach McEwen can't play, um, you know, they might have to play a man short because they're not going to put Josh Norris on LTIR. Like Basically, I've heard that I think they're hopeful that Norris could play, you know, early next week or something like that kind of what the rumored timeline is. I think everybody here is being really careful. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that all works out. All right. Uh, tonight we have a triple header. By the way, Jeff, I was going to say, yeah. like, the, one, the one guy on waivers today, Ross Johnstone from the Islanders, yeah. like there yeah. is no way that guy would have would have cleared a couple of years ago. Like not a chance. And we'll <laughs> see how that goes today. There's no way he would have cleared if Brian Burke was still in management somewhere. That's true. There's That's a good point. no chance at all. Uh, triple header to today slash tonight, 5.30 Eastern. It's the Preds and the Bolts. We have Bedard versus Crosby at 8 o'clock Eastern, 10.30. The banner raising the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Sportsnet has all three. Um, which one is the most intriguing, knowing full well you're going to answer Bedard versus Crosby? Uh, well, I, I think that has to be the one. Um, I, I, I absolutely think that that would be the one we're all going to be focusing on. It's, you know, I, 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 I've talked about it quite a bit. I, I love everything I've seen about Bedard uh, since he started uh, training camp and exhibition games for the Blackhawks. I, I really like, um, I, I'm really curious to see Pittsburgh tonight. Like, if you really think about it, you know, someone brought up a point to me this morning, like Pittsburgh's going to see Chicago and we're all going to see Crosby Bedard. And they're going to think about that game. They blew at the end of the regular season last year, April 13th. Yeah. You know and, what? It's, it's it, funny too, because if, if the, if the Florida Panthers would have won the Stanley cup, we would have looked at that game. And I think it was on a Tuesday and said a game late, a game late in the season on a Tuesday, between two teams out of the playoffs, the Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins, gave Chicago the requisite number of balls to get Connor Bedard and got the Florida Panthers into the playoffs and a Stanley yep. Cup. It would have been one of the most glorious nothing games on the schedule, probably, Elliot, in the history of the league. Yeah, it was, it was really something. And, you know, Carlson makes his debut tonight. So th- that's probably the big one. I mean... I mean, I'm going to be, I'm really going to be looking forward to tonight. I love banner raisings. You know, I actually thought that Bedard was going on McAfee today. He went on yesterday. yesterday. But I think also, like, you know, like the, I, I don't know how much you got a chance to watch Monday Night Football last night, Jeff, but the whole way that the Golden Knights were, you know, kind of, you know, the Raiders were playing at home against Green Bay. Josh Jacobs scored a touchdown late in the game, which cost me my fantasy football week. Uh, so I'm still mad about that. Uh, but, you know, the, the Golden Knights were a big part of it. They, 
They lit yeah. the lit the lamp before the game. The Stanley Cup was there. Um, I, like I, I think all this stuff is important. I, I do. So I was really happy that uh, I, I'm really happy to see them as part of all that. I missed it. I was too busy watching Lourdes Gurriel and Gabriel Moreno light up the Dodgers <laughs> yesterday Twist the and, there, just, Twist and the just seething about it and seething about it. Um, okay, I want to finish up with the pride tape issue. So the NHL is sending out a memo uh, to their teams clarifying that no pride tape uh, should be used in warm-up or in game or in practice. Um, I'm not going to bias it with a with a with a leading comment. I'm just going to open the floor to you. Your your thoughts on this one, Elliot? Sorry, we, uh, talking about the pride. Sorry, Jeff, you cut out there the for pri- a second. Yeah, Can you, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the uh, the the, 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 the pride the pride tape issue with the NHL sending out the memo clarifying there shall be no pride tape used. Well, obviously, I disagree with it. Um, you know, look, I I don't even know if it's enforceable. I I do believe that there are going to be players who. Uh, talk about using it anyway um you know we'll see but you know i uh, i i i don't agree with it it's that simple i don't disagree um i'm surprised that the, anyway I, i'm surprised that they would do this right on the uh, on the eve of the season and then think that it wasn't going to be an issue um Fridge, enjoy the rest of your day i know that wednesday is a writing day for you uh, so we'll look forward to uh, to joining you once again on Thursday here on the program. Actually, I'm going to finish writing this afternoon, so the rest of the week is good. It's next week oh. to start the Wednesdays off. So if you really hate me, tune into the Merrick Show next Wednesday from <laughs> noon Eastern to 12:30. Very good. Have to find a replacement for then. Very good. Enjoy your afternoon, Fridge. All right, buddy. Take care. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts uh, and Hockey Night in Canada with the latest. As someone described it to me today, um, the NHL pride tape situation is Sideshow Bob and the Rakes. Nobody asked for this. At least with the jersey nights and the players wearing the jerseys, you could understand a little bit. You could understand why they went that direction, even if you disagreed with it. This is one that nobody asked for. And if this was all about you know, respecting individual rights and your right to choose, that is being denied right now to all their players. To Elliot's point, I don't know how enforceable this one is, uh, if at all. I do expect the Players Association at some point, maybe within the next 24, if not maybe the most 48 hours, I would expect the Players Association to issue some type of comment here. But if this is going to be a blanket, no association with anything, um, are they going to enforce things like no purple ties to the rink during Hockey Fights Cancer Month? I hope not. Just like I hope that this one goes the wayside. Sideshow Bob and the Rakes. This one I don't know is enforceable. But this is one that nobody asked for at all.